Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Binge Cast, where we take TV shows and movies and binge them in easily digestible chunks. I am Jay Winger, being joined by... Chris. Yeah. Chris, are you first? Oh, Zeke. <laughs> Chris and Zeke. Um, and this week we are beginning a what will be a long, longer binge, because we are going to binge our way through Gundam. The whole damn saga, starting with the original Mobile Suit Gundam anime, which uh, this thing it's it's a product of its time. Mm. Uh, it's kind of like the original Star Trek or uh, Doctor Who, you know, um, <clears throat> like a lot of stuff for it has not aged really well. The theme. Uh, is something that you can watch and you know, like if you know somebody who is probably like it was like a soldier and if they, the whole war experience changed them, uh, then you will see that in this, like our main character, a lot of character development over time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the main character, um, the pilot of the Gundam Amuro, um, not that long into the show starts to develop war fatigue because he's constantly battling and he's not getting any rest. So you do see that, uh, there's other things you sh- that you also see, like uh, there's one episode that concentrates on the three war orphans that they have on the ship. Um, there's char- main characters getting killed off. Doing the thing that uh, a lot of war-themed stuff doesn't always focus on and showing uh, showing the other costs to war. Yeah, and, and the thing is that this is a show that essentially was pretty much geared towards kids Oh, by the way, this show uh, debuted in April of 1979 and went all the way to January of 1980. So uh, <clears throat> it, it went on for quite some time. It was originally planned for 50 episodes, but uh, because they were facing cancellation, they reduced it to 42. Mm. So the last few episodes are kind of like them wrapping it up. Uh, but then... Um, after Yoshiyuki Tamino, who was the series creator, uh, he went and did another series after that called Space Runaway Idiom, which we will never be able to review because there's no English, uh, translation. There's no English dub of it. And for some reason they have, they have said this will never get an English dub in America because apparently it's because of the age. And I'm like, there's stuff that's older than this that's gotten English dubs. Especially, like, even the old black and white animes from, like, the 60s have English dubs. So, what the hell? Um, but anyways, uh, that show got canceled also, and the same thing. They had to wrap it up really quick, and if you watch it, it does feel rushed. Tomino uh, decided to redo the ending as a movie where it was the proper ending for it. Well, because of the su- success of that, he went and did three Gundam movies. Uh, he made, made minor changes to it. Uh, like one of the suits for that, the white base is carrying gets changed to another suit. And it's the same as one of the other suits that's on the ship. Uh, and, um, uh, another thing, uh, is that there really weren't a whole lot of changes to it. There's maybe some other stuff, but that's the one that sticks out the most. Um, but there, the show's tone was also changed down because he wanted to be a lot more grim, like, uh, Amuro was actually supposed to die halfway and was going to be replaced by Char. Hmm. And his, the Gundam was going to be painted in his colors, which is red, because Char is known as the Red Comet. Uh, when we get to Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, you will see how he got his name, or his nickname. I, I want to cut. Is there going to be a test after the <laughs> I think we're going through the history of the show before we watch the show here. In case you couldn't tell, Chris is a massive Gundam fan. It's... It's not my first anime. My first anime was Ronin Warriors. Uh, I can't remember what the... I think the, the the original name for that one was Samurai Troopers, but I can't remember. I know it was Ronin Warriors. A lot of people were like, oh, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon. Yu Yu Hakusho is my first anime. No, for me, mine is one that is a little more obscure, but Gundam is my favorite one. Um, he has it in his gamer tag. That's all we're going to say. We're not going to 
we're not going to dox you or anything like like that. But he has Gundam fan in his gamer tag. That should tell you a lot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like I said, like I I could honestly, I, I feel like we need to do this as another podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, just let you just talk, just just let you just let you talk about uh, Gundam for for an hour or two, give or take. But anyways, yeah, let's go ahead and get on with this so that yep. we can get over it because well, of these episodes. Well, unless I'm sure Zeke probably we, has something to add here because you've been talking for the last. Uh, of like five minutes. <laughs> we probably should say we started off on Gundam experiences because like mine was supposed to be the garbage fire of G Gundam. G Gundam wasn't that bad. My only issue with G Gundam was the fact that you had characters from other countries and you chose not to give them accents. <laughs> okay, you have a Russian character. Why Why does Russian character not have a Russian accent? Or the Chinese character have a Chinese accent. The, the one, Amer- the, like the American characters on there. Uh, yeah, you... You, overall regular English, not English accent, but like an American, American accent. Sort of middle, char- middle America. I think the character's of. from New York, but I'm not really sure because the episode where he makes his debut is in New York, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, for me, mine was Gunnam Wing. Same here on uh, Toonami. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's funny because Toonami debuted Gunnam Wing first. And then after that, uh, sometime after that, and I think it was in like either 2000 or 2001 is when they brought in the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and that got canceled too because of, well, they said it's because of 9-11, but I don't think that's the reason why. I just think it's because a lot of people were like, oh, this looks old. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, um, so yeah, that I think about covers it, so we'll be back after the binge. And we're back, so we binged our way through the first five episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, and so, well, at least every episode starts with an explanation of some of the backstory. You know, that it's in the year 0079 of the Universal Century. They've started uh, moving Earth's population into space colonies. space colonies, and that was like, what uh, about fifty years ago, and now there's a uh, now there's a war going on between the Principality of, Z- of Zeon and the Earth Federation. I like how you keep looking at me like. You- well, because you're the one who knows all this stuff. I'm, well, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not looking over at, looking over at you as well, Zeke. But no, 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 no. Like you, you keep looking over at me. Like, am I pronouncing this correctly? Well, yes, you just, are. Okay. Keep going. So, um, and the war's been going on for like. Nine months, but it was in the first month, like half of each side's population got wiped out. And I'm just like, damn, (laughs) that is crazy. Wait until you, I kind of, I kind of don't want to spoil this because they show this in full in Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, but that colony that got dropped was not empty. It, but it's it's the it's the details on what they did to the population inside of that colony because it's not like they just said all right we're dropping this with everybody in it. There's a lot more details to it than you think. But like I said, I want to wait till we actually get that and you see it because I want to see how you react. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know as we're planning on doing the binge on the Gundam series in release order rather than chronological order, uh, we'll. That may be a while in the fu- in ways in the future. I don't know where, uh, where it falls in the release in the release order. Gundam: The Origin is one of the more recent ones that came out. I think it came out before Iron Blooded Orphans, but I'm not sure. I have to double check. On that. Iron Blooded Orphans is the most recent one. No, the most recent one is it's either Unicorn or Thunderbolt. I can't okay. remember. Well, that's something. But again, that's. That's a ways in the future. But the the more recent ones uh, that have been coming out lately, with the exception of Iron-Blooded Orphans, have been going back to the Universal Century. Okay. Uh, So, overall in all, I want to know, because this is the first time the two of you have seen this particular Gundam one. This is your first Gundam one. And uh, yours, you said, was G Gundam, was your first one. Well, as I said, I saw some of Gundam Wing while I was on Toonami, but... I wasn't really paying that much attention to it because I just couldn't really tell what the stakes were, who all the characters were. I just you probably caught it later on. I did, and so I lost a lot of the stakes and 
like who everybody was and what their relationships were. You always saw a giant robot. Cool. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how most mecha animes tend tend to be. <laughs> and this is like the mecha anime. I don't know if it was the first, no, but it's uh, certainly the one that everybody ha- remembers. Uh, <laughs> the only one that I can think of that came out before this one was Mazinger. Yeah. Mazinger Z, I think it was the name of it. I know of Mazinger. I because I never think watched they mo- it, I, th- I think they most recently decided to bring that franchise back. Also, right. Wins. Ultraman count as a mecha genre? I think it came out. Ultraman is a dude in a suit who it's makes a, himself it, get bigger. Yeah, it's more of a tokusatsu. I think that's how that's pronounced. Yeah, and uh, Ultra, type, of, type of show. Like, kind of like uh, Power Rangers and, yeah. and those those things rather than mecha. Uh, <laughs> like the, the, that character yeah, crossed basically. over with Godzilla a few times. <laughs> but. Your question about... But anyways, I want to know, what did you guys think of this overall from what you've seen? I mean, sometimes it was hard for me to sort of watch the old animation style. I, I get it. That's how the animation was done back in the day. And there are times I'm just looking at it like, this doesn't, this really hasn't held up well. But I still appreciate it. I think they're, they're doing very well with the story. They're trying to make sure that they keep paying attention to some of the other things that are going on, some of the stakes, like they keep coming back and showing some of the aftermath of some of these battles with yeah. the crew and the and the protagonists <laughs> all checking on the civilian evacuees that are on the white base with them. I yeah. do the opposite. I love the animation. The old school <laughs> animation. This brings back some good memories like Cyborg 009. You, you mentioned about. that while we were watching um, it. Yeah, Cyborg 009. Just seeing these things... Like even bring back the G.O. G.I. Joe animation style. Like I love this yes, animation. I love so I, I love G.I. Joe when I was a kid. <laughs> even though it may not age well, it's still a spot. And the one thing I always love about Gundam franchises is the freaking sound effects. Hearing <laughs> the mechs move. You, you hear the you hear the little clinking of the of the gears or the machinery yep, in yep, it all. And hearing like everything that just fall in place. I've always loved those specific things. And Gundam's always done that well. Granted, my first one was a giant ring of death, but you know, with, G- with a Lego gun like this, you're not going to have that, so you have the cool fight sequences in space that we've been in the since we have not hit Earth yet. Until, well, yeah. next episode is where we is where they first start fighting on Earth. Yeah, well, yeah. technically, well, the last episode that we ended off on, which was episode five, is when they finally make it to Earth, but they don't get to Earth till the very end of the episode. And that's when they go, oh, crap, we're on the wrong side. Yeah, we, we, we ended up in Zeon territory. I, I know. Will, I will say one thing I love about this, with the newest stuff that we've been watching, is cliffhanger, 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 cliffhanger. This, you can watch it, and there's no cliffhanger. It's not like, oh, my God, I must watch the next episode right now. Yeah. It's like, come back to this again. Um... I can wait a week until yeah. the next episode comes out, yeah. kind, of, kind of thing. But, but right. at the same time, you, you're like, I kind of want to know what's going to happen. It's not like, oh my god, I'm going to die if I don't get the next episode now. <laughs> I will say that the one thing in this, this screams volumes to me is when they got to the comet, and it's like, ha we are true officers. You are taking oh, over on, the on, ship on Luna, on Luna Two with yeah. the with the commandant. Yeah, and they're like. You now would be court martialed because you're, you're not civilians and you were handling top secret classified information. Well, it's it's funny because the only person who I, the only three people on the bridge of the white base that are technically Federation officers is Bright Noah, who is now the captain of the ship, and the two operators who are basically working radar. Basically, um, well, they're sort of monitoring ship systems and radar. Yeah, and, um, but sort of all-purpose. Uh, I want that notebook. Bridge officers. Oh, the, the notebook. The, everything that, else that, explodes. That, that manual. Yeah, everything else explodes in that truck, but that notebook stays intact. It was in a container, so it was probably a really good safe that it was in. The safe broke yeah, and but that came flying out. Yes, the Gundam came with an instruction manual. So well, no, it technically didn't. He found the instruction manual, then he found the Gundam. Yeah, um, but all right, so with the exception of the animation... What about the story? Do you think the story still holds up today? I, I do. It's pretty basic stuff that there's a, there's a war going on, and it's one of those typical, oh, we're fighting for independence, but you know they're not exactly nice about it. No, I mean, they're, they're willing to fire on essentially civilians. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I think my taste in stories have been, 
I wouldn't say numbed by everything that I've been seeing. With, but spoiled by better quality stuff. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like going back more to more modern this. modern day storytelling techniques. Yeah, because so. they they go, they're only going off of what twenty six, sometimes thirteen episodes. Well, this is how many episodes was it? Um, well, inch, the, the, right. this disc because we are watching it on Blu Ray has ten episodes on it, but it's a. Um, all right, so I need to explain something really quick. In Japan, there are forty three episodes. However, one of the episodes was never released in America, and uh, so technically we have forty two. Was that a hot spring episode? No, it wasn't a hot spring episode. Yeah, it was. A, it was. It was a, a vaca- It was a vacationy type of episode where they're on an island. They're trying to like take a break from everything, and on this island is a Zaku pilot, and I think it's his daughter, um, and uh, he basically just doesn't want to fight anymore because it's it's his young daughter. If he dies, she has nobody. Um, and so he basically just decided to say, all right, well, screw it. I'm going to go live here. The Zaku's going to stay with me just in case. And he's going to raise his daughter right there in seclusion. And it just coincidence the white by the white base lands there. But Tomino has gone on to admit that the episode just does not flow very well with the series. Mm-hmm. Like after you watch all of this, and once we finally get to the very last episode, let's say I never told you about that. You never would have known about it. Because yeah, that, that from what you're describing, it sounds like real basic filler episode. Type it, stuff. It's literally the only filler episode. There, other than that, there are no filler episodes. I'm looking at you, Gundam C, who has too goddamn many. <laughs> oh, Gundam C, Gundam C Destiny. Wasn't there another Gundam C spinoff of this? Uh, Gundam C to Stray. Yeah, okay. Which I have not seen. I don't know if there's an English dub for that. I need to look into that. Um, but yeah, like I said, Gun- uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, one filler episode. Mm. And it's not even released in America. <laughs> One of the other things I liked is that they were trying to pay attention to some of the logistics of all this stuff, like the the Zak the Zeon Zaku mobile suits mm-hmm. and the Gundam also don't have um, don't have bottomless magazines. Like they have to re- they have to replenish their ammunition. Yeah. They have to you know replenish their supply so they can continue to press the attack. They can't just keep firing until until they're basically forced to retreat. But or whatever, it's they are trying to pay attention to that sort of thing because Char Char ends up having problems because his Zaku's keep getting destroyed by the by the Gundam, uh, and so he keeps requisitioning more from Zeon, and they're like, "You you asked for three, all we can send you is two. Oh wait, until the next until the very next episode when they do send him three, <laughs> it's like <laughs> they, they they were probably like, you know what? I think we can't afford to give him three after all, but let's surprise him, um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, the thing about this is that, uh, when Tomino was creating it is he wanted it to be more realistic. You know, he didn't want it to be like too fantastical. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they, people were, they're running out of supplies, like not to go full spoilery, but there's an episode where the chef of the white base goes to bright Noah and says, we're out of salt. And so they have to go and find more salt for this man. Yeah. Do they go to the salt mine? No, it's not a salt mine. I'd rather not tell you where they go to get the salt from. I'm trying to figure out how they how they extract it, but maybe when we get to the episode and I ask the question, hey, how do you do this? I think somebody will be able to explain it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Probably me, because I'm good at working my brain around that sort of thing. But, well, hey, we'll uh, get to that in a later episode, probably. We'll, we'll give it to his homework. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, I also have to say, admit this. is uh, I, I, was at a, I was at a convention down in North Carolina where uh, one of the guys that actually worked on this and eventually worked on Robotech. Uh, and in fact, the whole, the, the transforming thing, uh, the robots from Robotech was this guy's idea. Cause he said, he, he, Oh, I always wanted to see a plane that could halfway transform into a robot and then fully transform into a robot. Cause I think Robotech came up before transformers did. Um, but, uh, somebody asked him what it was like working with Tomino. And he said, Tomino was unfortunately very, very stressed out at the time while he was making the show because he had his own ideas for the show. And then sunrise came and said, no, we want you to do this. Like the colors of the original mobile suit Gundam, um, were supposed to be like a gunmetal gray. Mm. And sunrise said, we want it to be 
to have more his, uh, heroic colors. So it was changed to red, white, blue, and gave the Gundam a yellow collar. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the best way to describe yeah. that. The yellow accents and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he also hated the design of the white base because he said that every single part of the white base looks vulnerable. Come on, you got a giant glowing white base thing in space that has a blue shield on it, a freaking, well, I think it had like a big, big red thing on it as well. Are you talking about the giant cannon that shows up? The double barrel cannon that shows up yeah, inside of it? Or ignore the, the double barrel cannon from inside the base. It slowly wises up. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sunrise, unfortunately, was just very difficult for him to uh, work with. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, the result was good. It's not what he originally wanted, but what we got was good. It's a classic anime. It's an iconic anime. Uh, it's so iconic that in, for those of you who have read Ready Player One, the book, mm. all right, the original yep. novel, uh, there's a scene in the book where Ultraman shows up. Yep. In the movie, Ultraman is replaced by the RX Gundam. And it takes... And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, on, I was on the edge, like, when the, when the Japanese... I can't I mean, remember I'm his name. I mean, I'm not even a huge Gundam... I wasn't even a huge Gundam fan, you know, but I was just like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And that scene in Ready Player One caused the fan base to say, we want a live-action Gundam movie now. They are officially working on a live-action Gundam film. It's being done by Legendary Pictures alongside... Uh, Sunrise. Yeah, we're going to ignore the other live-action G-Savior? Movie. Yeah, Tomino hates that film. <laughs> G-Savior uh, is what happens when you look at the leftovers of Starship Troopers, uh, the, the wardrobe department, and say, oh, we'll take these. All we got to yep. say is hopefully that'll be good, and then uh, we'll get another G-Savior. Uh, I'm honestly hoping that it is, and to be honest with you, I know there are people out there who are probably saying, oh, we want uh, Gundam Wing live-action. I want this. Yeah, I want this live action. And if Absolutely. you watch, and if you go and you watch, if you have not seen Ready Player One, I don't care if you watch the whole movie or not. But if you want to like fast forward all the way to the scene where the big, the, the big climactic battles. Yes, where the Gundam, Gundam right. versus Mechagodzilla. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, the Gundam versus the no, it's the Gundam and the Iron Giant. I can't make this shit up. Yes, versus <laughs> the Iron Giant versus yes. uh, Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that had my had me like go, oh my god, was the Japanese kid, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know. Uh, when he goes, everybody's like begging for him to join. We need you, we need you, we need you. And he's in the freaking Serenity from Firefly. And <laughs> they worked so many yes, pop culture references so many. into that entire sequence. Uh, and he, when he, he has this item that he gets early on in the game that lets him take on the form of any anything he wants, really. Uh, for what, did, what was it like a minute? Something like that. It was like yeah. a full minute. Uh, and when he or like two or three minutes, I think it, it was probably the same amount of time as the Ultraman pill or capsule from the from Ultraman. But at any rate, uh, but he, when he goes and he puts his little go- like the VR glasses on, and he goes in full Japanese, he said this is I take on the form of Gundam, and then when you see him turn into the Gundam. It is just he like amazing. summons it and like the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, and yes, he does the Gundam pose. Eyes flash. I think there was even a snippet of the theme or something. That there may it. have been. If not, then it should have been in there. Uh, but it it's epic. It is very epic. And like I said, this is an iconic franchise. In fact, I showed you this. Mm. Uh, as the uh, uh, the gunpla, the official. You know the factory where they make the the model kits, right? Like the really, really. Oh yeah, good you model were kits. you showed it to, you showed it to us right before we sat down to record. Yes. Um, the, apparently, the outfits that the factory workers wear are the Earth Federation uniforms. And I, <laughs> yep. the next time I go to Japan, I I want to take a tour of that building just so I can go. Can I get one of those? <laughs> I want one of those uniforms. I'll please. take the blue one. That's it's my favorite color. Give me blue. Um. And if you look outside the building on the front is the Anaheim Electronics logo, hmm. which is the company uh, that basically makes the mobile suits for uh, the Fed Earth Federation uh. in 
Gundam. They're they're not established in this one yet, but you see them later. But they on. put they had they put the logo on out on the yes, outside. <laughs> it's the official logo outside. Uh, you gotta love when they acknowledge the geekery like that. Um, <laughs> I was it was fly when they had the giant one by one scale Gundam. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> standing. In yes, the- Japan. Why did you take that down? You could have had two Gundam statues there. You could have had the the original Gundam with the beam saber that lights up which was epic, alongside mm-hmm. the Unicorn Gundam. You from, know? The more, from one of the more recent yes. series. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, I, I don't remember where the original suit was set up originally. I know it was set up near, a, uh, the, like, close to the ocean. It's sort of like, sort of like Japan's basically saying, "Go ahead, Godzilla. You want to come out of the ocean? We have a Gundam ready to fight you." Yeah, and when and when they announced that they were dismantling it to move it, and they're like, "Oh no, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna change it up a bit." And the way they changed it up was first off, the head could move. Second off, it's holding one of the beam sabers, and that lights up too. So it was like the whole thing lit up. And I think it was when Gundams. I think it was like the. 30th anniversary, it was the 30th or 35th anniversary came around, they had this like huge, this big would moment. Probably, yeah, okay. Well, they moved it to, where did they move it to? I think it was the, I think it was the Bandai Museum, I mm. think that's where they moved it to, uh, but they had this huge moment where the suit like lit up, they played the theme song to <coughs> uh, uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and the lights would like flash to the beat of the song. As as you should, if you're gonna have some sort of big show off show offy demonstration like that, you're gonna want it to do something cool like that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, it, this Gundam is pretty much Japan's version of Star Trek and Star Wars. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it was moved to Tokyo. That's why uh, the thing cost of course twenty million yen. In 2013, that's when it was out. And we have no no we have no idea how much that is in U.S. dollars. No, but somebody will tell us in the comments section. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, but yeah, I definitely definitely enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going. I like that they're establishing that uh, Shar as the rival to Amuro, the Gundam pilot, and the principal antagonist of the series, isn't stupid. He is, he is very smart, and he is very skilled. It's just he is up against something that just outmatches him. And But at the same time, he is a smart strategist. See, the thing that he doesn't know is the Gundam pilot is not even a soldier. Mm. In fact, that's how a lot of them are. Uh, a lot of them are not really soldiers. Like, uh, Well, yeah, because – and they established this in one of the – in I think like episode two, most of – uh, Psi 7s where you know where it, it opened up most of their engineers and soldiers were killed in the initial attack yeah like I mean come on the the, the truck that had the the instruction manual for the Gundam it was in like a hangar almost yeah. getting and ready a, to get moved up to the space dock or whatever and um, a stray missile flies into where it's at destroys the truck kills the two soldiers that were in it the two uh, Earth Federation soldiers that are in it and blows the magically blows the uh, little com- uh, container that has the instruction manual for the Gundam open. to fall to open and fall right in front of Amuro. Oh, by the way, I have to bring this up. Amuro Ray is voiced by Brad Swale, who voices Catro in Gundam Wing. Okay, I don't really remember enough about the characters. In you, Gundam you, Wing you'll, 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 you'll but, know. You'll when see we, we get to we get Gundam to Wing, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll um, probably be like, oh yeah. Um. I do have one question, Miss. I have the in the book of knowledge. Of this. Why <laughs> do they have string attached to the rockets while shooting at Gundams? Honestly, I don't really know what that is supposed to be from. I, it may have been something that was actually used by you know real military at one point in time. But other than that, I have no idea. Unless that's supposed to be maybe just like a trail of smoke, and they just didn't animate it very well. That may have been it. Because be- that's how I choose to look at it. Because otherwise, I'm just like. Why? It's a new guidance system. Pull the string! <laughs> um, 
I mean, I we can't afford proper tracer rounds. We're just going to tie a piece of twine to the back of the rockets. <laughs> well, just to be honest with you, well, uh, another thing that uh, is established in, I think it was, I think they established in this, uh, is the suits, the Zaku's, uh, the reason why, let's say, you know, something similar to heat-seeking missiles don't work against them is because of a particle system that the suits come equipped with called a Minofsky particle. Yeah, so that was, yeah, the Minofsky particle. I heard um, that, and I was like, that sounds like something that's going to become important in later it, episodes. It, it is, I didn't make a note of it in my little notebook. But. It, it's very important. Uh, they go more into detail with it in Gundam The Origin, uh, because you actually do get to see the scientist mm. who develops the Minofsky particle system. Let me guess. His name is Minofsky. Minofsky. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, is he Russian? Huh? Is he Russian? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe he's Earth Federation, probably. Or, no, or, he's, no, he's Zeon. Oh, Zeon. Okay, there you go. That's his. That's his country of origin. I, I, I get the. Day. I get the impression though that there is just so much cross cultural um, grouping that we get names like Ryu Jose <laughs> and uh, you know and Bright Noah, which in Western audiences his name would be Noah Bright, but because this is Japan. Instead, it's yeah. the other way around. Yeah, but Bright Noah sounds... It sounds like a good name. It, yeah, it's still a good name, but... Um, but it's just... Ryu Jose was the one that really, stu- that really stuck out to me. as Just sort of like, wait, wait, what? Now, I have to ask you guys this, because... Yes, it is a... It's a dark franchise. Mm. The darkest Gundam series, and I don't know if we're going to ever get to binge watch it, because there is no English dub for it. It's Victory Gundam. I really, really want to, though. But because there's no English dub, I don't want to. And we should, yeah, we should note at this at this time that Chris has no problem with uh, subtitled live-action Japanese I love, stuff. I love yeah. the Japanese Godzilla films, but I prefer to watch them uh, with the Japanese audio just because it looks more authentic. But when it comes to anime, he much prefers dubbed over subbed. Yes. Because uh, you don't want to read your anime. Well, no, it's not so much as that. Uh, it has more to do with the fact that I'm not trying to sound racist or an asshole or whatever when I say this. But in, racist. In Japan, the voice actors, they all sound one of two different ways, either really angry or really excited. Oh, have you not seen Dragon you're, you're Ball? Not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I feel the same way that I have trouble sometimes telling which character is supposed to be talking. Yes. It's just because I don't speak the language, so it's hard for me to really separate well, the Well, another another thing that's hard to tell. Now I, understand, now, I know that in Japan, depending on which province you live in, depends on what uh, accent you're going to hear. This is true. There's like um, the Kansai it's accent. Kind of, it's like how in America you have all of these different accents. Yeah, you have the dialects Jer- and everything. Yeah, you have your Jersey, your New Orleans. Or I guess I could call it a Cajun accent. What? Yeah, let's just go with that. It's uh, you it's, have it's, yeah. Just New in New York, you have like two or three different ones. You have your Bronx, your Brooklyn, tra- Brooklyn, your traditional New York. Yeah, you got your Boston accents. <laughs> yeah, your bot. Well, yeah, all we gotta do is hear Mark Wahlberg talk. <laughs> yeah, um, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. And uh, but uh, yeah, in Japan, like I know that you have all these different accents depending on which province you live in. I don't know which comes from which. Yeah, I don't really listen. I haven't watched enough anime in the last fifteen plus years to really be able to pick up on the, that stuff if I were to watch it, watch the Japanese language of the anime stuff. Yeah. Because I personally don't really care one way or the other. If the dub is good, then I'm fine with it. You know, uh, but, you know, I'll take subbed if there's no, if there's no dub. But, yeah, I get it. Not It's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I care on the one condition. What? My action ones are always dubbed if I can get my way. Because I do not want to see giant explosions and have to distract myself from the explosion. Or whatever action is going on is the little... Now, uh, now... That scares me. <laughs> that reminds me of the one most annoying sound in the universe. <laughs> Pretty much. Goku and Gohan fighting each other. It's the oh, most annoying God. sound in the universe. Wait, are we talking about the Japanese version? Oh, yes! <laughs> um, oh... Uh, I did see this when I was in the Philippines. I was in the Mall of Asia, and lo and behold, I ha- 
Oh, yeah, there's always right. a toy store. I walked past a toy store so. where on the outside of it, on one side, was Bumblebee, okay, from Transformers. On the other side was the Shining Gundam. Oh, no, wait. No, not the Shining yeah, Gundam. I'm sorry. Burning. It was the Burning Gundam. Was it Burning? Oh, yeah. It was Burning Gundam. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm glad to see this here. Um, Which one was the one that was flicking people off? Oh, that was this one. The <laughs> it was giving everybody the shining middle finger. Uh, no, it was the uh, it was the original one when I was in Japan and I was leaving uh, to go to the Philippines. Um, I was on the other side waiting to board, and because it was like a forty five minute wait, and at the time I had about I don't know probably a good thirty minutes <clears throat> left, give or take, because I got to that spot rather early. I was like, you know what? I'm bored. I think I'll just walk around and see what else I can see. So I'm walking and then of course I see the souvenir shop or toy store, depending on how you look at it. Toy and store. there's toy a, store. uh, I, I, I don't want to call it life size, but it's semi human sized Gundam was out there. And it, it looked like you could pose it however you wanted to, if you could get past the toys that were between you and it. Uh, and somebody had taken the fingers. Granted, some of them were broken off. Uh, but, uh, somebody had modeled the arms were still down, so they weren't like held up and flipping people off, but yeah, the, it was flipping everybody the bird. <laughs> I had a man, a man Shining a, middle finger. Um, the employee, they just fired someone. He's like, you know what? I will get you guys. Here's a gun them flipping people off. I'm honestly wondering what the Japanese version of the bird is now. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. I don't know. Um, and, but if you know, leave us a, leave us a comment. <laughs> um. But, uh, oh yeah, back to Victory Gundam. Damn, we were way off of that one. Uh, Victory Gundam is actually uh, the darkest Gundam series. Right, yeah, we were talking about it. Uh, so dark. Uh, because, alright, so, Tomino, this was, between Victory Gundam and Turn A Gundam, this was Tomino's last uh, Gundam series until 1999. This came out in, I think, 91, 92. Um, and Sunrise is, uh, Tomino was in a heavy, 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 heavy state of depression at the time because of multiple things. Uh, Sunrise and Bandai were actually merging, which he was against because he knew that they were going to be more caring more about toys, merchandise and stuff like that. Actual proper good storytelling. Yeah. Um, oh, is that when they started bringing the gunplay anime to life? No, that was years later. <laughs> um, but SD Gundam was very popular at the time. <laughs> no, um, we have to watch that. SD or gun, the Gunpla stuff? SD, the one with the Chibi Gundam. <laughs> oh. oh, super deformed Gundam. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I did, watch the, I, did oh, watch no. the, I did watch the one that was on Cartoon Network. I did like it. Just the one thing about it. We might... Just skip skip that one then. Oh no, we would have to go in the, at least a few episodes to get at least one, at least one 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 bit just worth. Them. Okay. Um, but uh, Sunrise. Uh, all right. So Tomino's plan for Victory Gundam was that uh, he was not going to show the Gundam, the Victory Gundam, until like the third episode. Sunrise was going, well, where's the Gundam at? We don't see it. Why isn't it in the first episode? We have this stuff to sell. You know, we want to get the model kits out now. So the third episode became the first episode. And so episodes one and two were more like flashback episodes uh. that led to what you were seeing in episode three, a.k.a. episode one now. Right. Uh, so Tomino was essentially trying to sabotage his own show his own franchise he wanted it to fail uh by making it extremely dark causing a lot of character deaths there is a all-female uh mobile suit team that is on the good guy's side it's not federation side it's more like a little team. anyway um and um every single episode after these characters are made their debut one of them dies oof and starting with the first episode that this team is introduced, they are all dying. And the Gundam pilot for this show is a 13-year-old kid. Oof. Uh, there's an episode uh, way later on towards the end of the show's run where um, 
all these women who are on, I can't remember the bad guy's name. I can't remember the organization's name. It's not Xeon. Xeon at this point is right. called Bad Guy Company Number One. Huh? Bad Guy Company Number One. Number whatever. Uh, but anyways, uh, so they're trying to attack the Victory Gundam, uh, and I want to say it was a colony. I don't remember. Uh, and they are dressed, and it's all women, mind you. They're all dressed in bikinis because they think that they can distract the Gundam pilot by doing that. Not knowing it's a 13-year-old kid, mind you. And one of them gets killed because he takes the beam saber and swipes it at her and vaporizes her. So Okay, so yeah, that's a very dark series. <laughs> yes. Oh, there, there's a lot more to it than you think, but yes, it is dark. Granted, a lot of them are dark. Uh, the mm. most lighthearted one, and again, this is another one of the ones that unfortunately has not gotten an English dub yet. I, it, this one I do really want to watch too. It's Double Zeta Gundam. Mm. What? Yes. Yeah, Zeke, are, Zeke, are you going to be able to keep this up for how many seasons of Gundam? You want yes, to I assume that yes, he will be able no. to keep going. Because he, he's dubbing so much Gundam information on <laughs> episode true. one. On our, on our first binge. You might want to save some of this dark Gundam, light Gundam happiness for... I got I got to read up I got to reread up on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. there was his homework for the day, folks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but I think we've... Get, we've Done pretty well on this without having to delve into a full recap sort of thing like you and I did with uh, Castlevania, Castlevania. <laughs> which we ended up doing a lot more of. But um, I like that we that we got into more just discussion of stuff like this. Yeah. I do but, want to do one thing though. What? Yes, we have five episodes in Chamber. Okay, mm-hmm. pick a scene or moment that you thought stand out the most. Hmm. Amuro watching his dad fly out in space from a hole in the colony. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In terms of dark moments, I think so nah, far, we were not we're not necessarily talking about dark just moments. Any moment. Just any moment. <laughs> well, no, no. I'm saying that in the first five episodes, it's probably my favorite dark moment. Uh, probably one of my more favorite action moments is uh, Shar and his and Hizaku too, and Amuro and the Gundam. Amuro runs out of ammo, and he just takes a swing at Shar Zaku with the Gundam. And he's just going, ah, you know, like Dragon Ball Z almost style yeah. screaming. <laughs> typical, sh- typical shonen anime. Yeah, yeah to, moment. to swing a punch at uh, the Z- at Shar Zaku. And Shar's yeah. reflexes, you know, make, you know, he gets out of the way in time and Amuro misses. Mm. So, yeah, it, granted, yeah, he missed, but it was still like a pretty awesome one. It was like, screw it, I'm out of ammo, but I'm still going to keep going. I still got, I still got two guns right here. <laughs> I have two. What? Okay. I'm going to follow up on yours. Okay. My favorite one is when he ran out of gun, uh, pow, uh, what is it, walking launch ammo for the gun, and he threw it at him. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's something that I want to... How, mu- how, many, how many guns and weapons are is he just disposing of? <laughs> well, the one that you see that gets uh, ruined the most is the, uh, the Gundam Bazooka, because yeah. it either runs out of ammo... Or uh, it gets cut in half. Yeah, we twice, saw twice. we saw that happen twice. <laughs> my question is, does he go back and grab these? And like, oh, the fight's over. Hey, you guys mind if I get my gun back? Check you all see. Well, the one that he was, the one that he lost in episode five, probably burned up in reentry. <laughs> and then my second favorite moment is during the reentry thing when he finds uh, Shaw and he cuts. The shield. Yeah. yeah. The, it just with shows, the, with the axe. Thing. Oh, yeah. It just shows the moment where he's like, the fight's getting intense because he's taken some hits with the shield before, but now he's been It's like, oh, 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 shit. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. I'd say the moment that stands out to me was when he is holding off Shar with one sword and he pulls the other one, flips it around, and just stabs backward and gets another Zaku with it. He's just like, nope. Here's a question for It you is a about. badass moment. Remember that the, the Gundam learns every fight. Do you think that was Amuro or the Gundam that did that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go for the simple math- mathematician's answer. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait until they go back into space because they go, they uh, they do change some stuff up, mm. uh, especially again <clears throat> once they go back into space. But next episode, and presumably for at least a couple of episodes after that, they're still going to be on Earth for a while. 
Um, yeah, I think it's not until, I think it's either episode 30 or after episode 30 is when they go back into space. Oh, okay. So it's going to um, be for cause, a good chunk of the series. Though. Yeah, because like, like I said, like what I told you prior, uh, is the last, I think, two or three episodes, it's a huge battle in space. And it's so big that uh, you see it at the beginning of Gundam Thunderbolt and at the beginning of... Um, Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Okay. Right? That's how big it is. Because it's a it's one of those battles that defines a, a good chunk of the course of history within the Gundam universe. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's that should about sum, sum it up unless, uh, Zeke, you have anything else you want to add? Gundam's fucking walk. Yes. Well, mecha stuff is always cool. I think Gundam always have a special place. I mean, mechs are cool. Do not get me wrong. Big O, one of my favorites. But a Gundam, you see a Gundam and you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, Gundam, absolutely. Mechas are always cool. See, But Gundams are the coolest. Alright, see, this one I need to ask you. Out of all the Gundams, which one is your overall, all-time favorite one? Two, well, question is, favorite of look or favorite all in all? All in all. Like, oh, in no. terms of, like, weaponry, badassness, the pilot, everything. I have to go to... I have to go to MS-18. I love the original MS-18 Gundam and the toys it had. Yeah, Burning Gundam's where I came in, mm-hmm. and I love the... But like, something about the grounded Gundams. You, the, you So you like the ground combat Gundams? Not just the ground combat, like, the ground. Like, okay, how do they make Burning Gundam's hand actually real life? Well, the MS-18 Gundam was a real-life Gundam, where it had... You know, real life physics involved with it. You know, it, it moved around, it, it take bullet damage. It was not like this magical point energy out of nowhere. And it was made out of spare parts. <laughs> that I think that was my favorite Gundam um, Tuesday. I mean, we'll see what happens if that answer changes. I'm at. Yeah. I know a lot of people out there like Wing Gundam are the best, are the best Gundam. That well, the Wing Gundam I understand because of. Tsunami. It was, well, like, it was it, that was like the introduction for a lot of for a lot of um, American yeah, uh, fans. Um, I would well, say. Well, plus, like when you first see the Wing Gundam and Gundam Wing, it's in its bird mode, and when it transforms, because they eventually do bring in transforming mobile suits. Of course um, they do, because that just makes them cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like look at Transformers. But anyways, um, yeah, like when you first see the wing on them and it's entering Earth's atmosphere, it's wearing like an outer shell to protect it from that. It breaks out of the outer shell, turns into its Gundam form, and then turns around and shoots two of the Leo units with a single blast. Yeah, yeah. That was an awesome, badass moment. Yeah, but no, I I have no idea what you're talking about. You got to keep this in mind. I've never seen wing. Well, we'll get to it at some point, but... Yeah, so um, I don't really have a favorite because, again, I don't we'll, we'll remember get, much we'll about, about you, Gundam Wing and haven't what, really seen any of the other Gundams. If what, we can make so. it through all these bang catches, at the, end, the last thing we would say <laughs> for the farewell would be, hey, we've been through 900 episodes of Gundam. What's your favorite Gundam? <laughs> this is true. No, no, see, see, see the 900. I'm going to have to keep, like a, keep a real big running list of every single Gundam. <laughs> I've already made that one. I'm sure you have, but I'm no, just like of every single Gundam so I can be like, where do I rank this? No, because I, I had to make the uh, the timelines. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you were – because when we first started talking about doing this binge cast, I the talk had been about doing it in chronological order. And so you had to look it up or something. Yeah, the, well, well, just for the – Before universe- I finally just said, no, let's just do it in release order instead. <laughs> well, just for – the universal century alone because granted yeah you do have for all the other Gundam series uh you do have sometimes they have the sequels like Gundam Seed had Destiny uh Gundam Wing had Endless Waltz which was originally an OVA but then they extended it with the movie um and uh there was a few I just can't I just can't fully remember them yeah uh but yeah, the the Universal Century one is the one that has the most shows, um, and if in certain ones, you, you know, in terms of like the ones that take place during the One Year War, you kind of look at them and go, "Where does this take place?" Um, so, you know, when you watch them, a lot of times, you know, you can 
clearly see where they take place, but a lot of times you have to look it up and mm. read where it takes place. Like the first episode of 8th MS Team, when you watch the ending of it, after you watch uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, and you watch the first episode of 8th MS Team, uh, when by the time the ep- that episode ends, you see where it takes place. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yes, like, and yeah, certain ones do obviously tell you the year, like, War in the Pocket, 0080, Stardust Memory, 0083. This in this series, it starts every episode with you know it's zero year zero zero seven nine, Universal Century. Believe it or not, this takes place in if I remember correctly, it's in November of 0079. Mm. Um, okay, but again, when we get to Gundam: The Origin, it you go to before the war, during the war, right, and it leads up to oddly enough. Uh, Great enough. The first episode of this yep. it builds up to that because they left us a nice little teaser at the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Well, you have homework. <laughs> Your homework for the next podcast <laughs> is you have to tell us how many episodes of Gundam we are going to go through. How many we'll episodes we are going to end up binging by the episode. time? How many episodes left? <laughs> uh, let's see. We're on episode five right now, and out of forty-two. <laughs> Not just for the individual season. I have to find out which ones have English dubs first. Uh, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's why it's your homework. We have, we have about a week of work to do. Oh, and yeah. which ones have, um, not well, not necessarily English releases or English dubs, but you know, which ones can I buy? Yeah, which ones can we actually get, get a hold of legit? Like physically, you know, not bootleg. Yeah. Because oh. I, I watched a... Uh, I wouldn't call it a bootleg dub of Double Zeta Gundam. Like a fan dub? <laughs> no, no, it was the Animax. It was the Animax uh, dub of it, and Animax is cheap. <laughs> Those are the best when they get the family who's just, I want a voice act for a living. We're going to let you voice act this Gundam series. Okay. Why do we do this? Set them on file. <laughs> well, literally, the voice acting, it sounds like they're like this close to the microphone. You have to now watch that. <laughs> well... At any rate, that that about wraps it up for this this edition of the Binge Cast. First part of many for uh, Gundam: The Whole Damn Saga. We know we are not doing One Piece, <laughs> <laughs> One Dragon, or Dragon Ball. Maybe the movies for Dragon Ball, but not the whole series. No, oh, come on. No. You said no, you said no Dragon Ball. How about Dragon Ball Z? That, uh, there we go. Yeah, bye. The original Dragon Ball, because I haven't watched all the original Dragon Ball. Ooh, really? Have you watched all these days? Well, what? that's a future project. We have plenty of other stuff on, on our list, <laughs> which Chris has been curating for, <laughs> for us. Yes, it's hard to... Uh, How many pages is it up to now? You know what? <laughs> How many pages is the list up to now? <laughs> eventually, you'll stop putting things on there, and I'll get to put some things on there eventually. I have, you ta- I have it to where we can all add to it. Okay. Well, on my, it's on my notes oh, cool. on Facebook. Okay. I'll have to look. We'll have to look that up later. I'll, I'll but, tag you. I'll, I'll just tag all of you in it. But, uh, so that, again, wraps it up for this edition of the BingeCast. For uh, real this time. For, for real this time. I am Jay. For Zeke and Chris, we'll see you with the next Binge.